What keeps you going? Where do you get your motivation? Whether you just want to be the best you can be or the best there ever was, we're here to keep you inspired. Conversations with today's top fitness influencers, coaches, athletes, and bodybuilding professionals. This is Inspired Fitness. Here's your host, Sean Futerer. Welcome back to another episode of the Inspired Fitness Podcast. I'm joined today by my co-host, IFBB Pro, Kimberly Helm, along with our very special guest. She's nutrition coach, Jenny Blake. Jenny, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. We're glad you're here, and I'm looking forward to talking about all things nutrition. Get us started. Tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, so I am a licensed nutritionist, but I didn't start that way, as you guys probably similar, where I have just loved working out. Right, I loved working out and I would do it all the time. And there would be times where, you know, when growing up, my cousin said I would be in front of the TV just doing crunches. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, just working out, just getting, you know, getting more crunches in, which was great until, you know, I got, I was an athlete at university. And then beyond that, I started dabbling in CrossFit, which was all great until I was like, wait a minute, I work out so much. Why don't I look like I work out that much. And I was really confused. And of course, I dabbled in nutrition and my fitness pal told me 1200 calories. So I would try that for three days and be starving. And then be like, well, I must not have willpower, even though, you know, the rest of my life, I was very much a go-getter and very successful in other areas. And I just felt like I couldn't figure this out. And I would, you know, find, I was I don't know if you guys um, are familiar with T Nation. It was kind of big back in the day. Oh, yeah. And I was Googling things and reading articles on T Nation and just wondering, wait, does this apply to me? This kind of sounds like it applies to like a 20-year-old male bodybuilder. Is this, does this work for me? Or I would see like, oh, you just have to eat healthier and add more vegetables. And I was like, well, I'm, I think I'm kind of beyond that. And I don't want to just lose weight. I also want to like build muscle. And I was just so confused with everything that was out there, but trying everything. And I loved working out. I love, you know, just this space. I saw a friend do a bodybuilding show and saw the results that they created. And I was really wanting a program that was going to teach me all of that. But at the time, this was, you know, seven years ago, I couldn't find it. So it's like, well, I got to do a show to, to learn like the secret that I'm, that I'm missing. And so I did a show and I created the best physique I had at that time and realized that yes, nutrition was what I was missing, but having a nutrition strategy and there's science behind nutrition was what I was missing instead of just trying to do it all of whatever I heard on the internet. From there, I did a couple of shows and did did decent in them, but decided that's not where I wanted to continue with. I was doing a couple of CrossFit competitions. And then that's actually when we started traveling. As you know, I'm now in Indonesia and Bali. And so I really took everything I learned and went down the path because I was like, oh, this is it. And went you know deep down the nutrition path and studying and, and all of that. But then I created that into my program and what I teach my ladies who are in the sim- similar spot that I was of, you know, they're just confused. They're doing all the things. They love it. They're maybe, you know, not looking to get on stage, maybe some of them, but they're not looking to get on stage or take it that far. But they're like, wait, I, I want to learn this. I want to know it. And I know that I'm missing something. That's kind of what 
led me to creating my program and getting the expertise in nutrition and get to where where I'm at now. Beyond that, we could go down a whole hormone gut health path (laughs) too that I've experienced as well and gained education there. But we can stop there because I think that's a lot. (laughs) I'm sure, I'm sure Kim will very much want to get into hormones and gut health. This she's very passionate about, but you know, Kim, what stood out to me in, in Jenny's background there is is that's pretty, pretty much how we met, right? Right. Uh, Working out all the time, but I don't look the way I want to look. So let me talk to an expert, somebody who is living that lifestyle. And so Kim and I have known each other for pretty close to a decade now maybe not quite that long, but a good long time. And, you know, she's seen like my physique change a little bit over time. And I'm not the best when it comes to food. And it's not that I lack the willpower. I know that I do. It's that I live in a household full of people. You know, there's kids and a wife and, you know, there's constantly things in the house to tempt me and take me off off track. And I do that. Jenny, my point in bringing this up is, most people, if they are not living this bodybuilding lifestyle, right, they struggle with a lot of the same things that I just described. And so let's start with a bit of advice. What would you tell those folks? Yeah. So I always go back to the three, I call it the creator shape system. That's the name of my program, but the three components of it is going to be strategy, science, and structure. So strategy being the actual nutrition plan, right? And this is going back to what I experienced of, oh, there's actual strategy to building muscle and decreasing body fat. And I think having that plan that is science-based and is quantifiable is so important because it can be really vague to say, hey, you know, don't eat the cookies, you know, or just do better, right? Eat a little better. And that is really hard to achieve when it's so vague. So one, having a strategy that you know is like, okay, if I do this strategy, then in X weeks, I will achieve X, right? And I have to do X, Y, Z to do that, quantifying it. The next is science and that's the nutrition knowledge. So being really empowered, understanding how it actually works, right? If if you're just like, well, just don't, you know, eat better. It's like, well, what does that mean? Right. And most our brains are very smart. They're in order for them to get on board with something, they've got to really understand it and be all in on it. It's like, well, why can't I have the cookie? Right. What, like, well, how does that actually work? Is it the calories? Is it insulin? Like what actually matters here for me to to feel confident and empowered to make decisions. So that's the second, the nutrition knowledge and the science. And then lastly, the structure, and this is your nutrition routine. So do you have a system in place for how you make decisions when you're exhausted, when your kids wake you up in the middle of the night and you've got to run around practice and you're you're working, right? Do you have a structure in place. So that way you don't get home and you're starving and you haven't eaten and it's going to take you an hour and a half to, to make a meal and get everyone settled that you're just grabbing those cookies, right? Do you have a daily feeding structure, the daily routine to set you up for success that for that strategy? And then you have the science behind it. So that's the way I like to zoom out and think of it more as like a framework versus don't eat the cookie. So the strategy side, is that macro-based or something something else? Yeah. So I love macros. I feel like 
there is a time and place for everyone's journey to maybe introduce them or not introduce them whereby ladies are at. They have a great relationship with food, great relationship with themselves. They're beyond the point of eating more vegetables or just vaguely eating healthy. They want to fine tune shape. And so having macros, I feel like is the best way to do that. It's kind of like, if you want to save, you know, $30,000 this year, you're going to track your bank account. You're going to track your income, your expenses, same thing with, with macros. So yeah, it is a macro strategy. You know, I can't recall who it was, but I know we talked about viewing your macros, your nutrition factors, like a bank account, right? What right. you, you got to put in more than you take out or vice versa, depending on what your goal is. Right. Since we're talking about weight loss here, right? I know you have some very specific views on calorie deficit. Do you want to, you want to take us into that a little bit? Yeah. You know, when we talked about the the bank account and analogy, Jenny, what we, what we kind of said was, you know, to me, it's like, your, your debits and your credits, right? So a lot of people look at, you know, they'll they'll look at their nutrition plan and, you know, maybe you've experienced this in some of the folks that you've worked with where some of the people that I've been with in the past, they maybe they eat really clean, you know, like Monday through Friday and they, they eat pretty well from what they consider to be clean Monday through Friday. And then comes, you know, the weekends and Friday night, you know, they're going out with, you know, ladies night or, you know, something to where they go out and, and maybe they have, you know, an alcoholic beverage or they go out and have Mexican food at night and then Saturday, Sunday. And so it's not a meal of, you know, ex, uh, of extravagance. It's really a weekend of extravagance. And what what we ended up looking at it in order to help explain it was very much a, a scenario where it's a, okay, if you're putting in, you know, $500 in your bank account at the beginning of the week and, you know, let's say you're not withdrawing any of that, you know, Monday through Thursday, but then Friday night you go out. And so like each meal has so much money in it and, that, and then you're expending that, you know, throughout the weekend. So even though you're only really indulging maybe a day and a half, two days, two day, two and a half days out of seven, how much you indulged was so great that now you're in a deficit. That kind of made sense to me because I'm a numbers person. I'm a data person, Mm -hmm. you know? So when I was first learning about how to be able to monitor your intake and how much you do, because a lot of times in the very beginning, when I was trying to figure it out, I was like, why am I eating so clean? And then, you know, then all of a sudden I'm, I'm in, I'm in a, I'm not getting any success out of it. Why is that? And so I had to really look at it from a logical perspective. So I'm curious when you're looking at folks, Jenny, because there are so many different reasons to want to eat healthy. You know, there's people who want to actually do it to gain muscle from a visually a visual growth perspective. There's people who want to gain muscle for more of a body maintenance methodology as we get older. And there's folks who just kind of want to maintain where they are. So what I found in a lot of the experiences that I've had is that a lot of the, especially females, are eating less than what they should be eating. It's not that they're overindulging and they're eating 5,000 calories a day. Most of the females that have come to me are females who are eating, to your point earlier, maybe 1,000 or to 1,200 calories a day. It's so far under what the norm should be. So is that something that you look at right off the bat when you get with them as to what their, what, what their current dialogue is with food and what that looks like? A hundred percent. Yeah, I would say 90 maybe even more, 90% of my ladies come to me and they're those people exactly who you described where it's like, okay, they've been told 1500 calories. I've been told 1200 calories or no carbs, right? And so they're on top of it probably most of the week, right? And then they might, it may not be all weekend, right? But it it may be enough times over the weekend where then they're starving, right? They 
they can't hold on anymore to resisting the the cookies because they're they're hungry and then the the day or two it's huge spikes and then maybe it offsets their deficit or they've been in the deficit for so long that their metabolism is just suppressed right yes. and and then nothing's budging their hormones are suppressed and then they have these spikes of food of way higher intake that then they put on some body fat and then this accumulates over time so that is typically what i see so actually Going back to that nutrition strategy, yes, like utilizing macros as a tool, but the actual strategy is three steps. Step one, eat enough first. Step two, align your training. And then step three is enter into a calorie deficit. So step one, eat enough first. I have find that most of my ladies, and they're all lifting weights, need 2,000 calories or, or more. First step is working them up slowly, strategically based, you know, custom to them based on, you know, how their check-ins are are doing to that amount. And I, I find that this is really important for hormones, metabolism, and to really prime them to go into the deficit phase, but for them to just understand how good they can feel, not only like energy wise and in the gym and now they're hitting PRs and now they're building muscle and they're lifting more, but also just mentally because the cravings are gone. They have way more food freedom and and flexibility. And so they're not getting home starving anymore. They just feel like well-fueled and experiencing that I feel like is the biggest shift for for my ladies because they just feel energized. They just feel good. And they also realize, oh, I don't have to constantly restrict. I didn't realize I, I didn't have to do that in my body composition is better. So that, that kind of touches on what you're sharing. Yeah. I, you know, and Sean, you, you and I have talked about this, you know, even when you were going through trying to adjust your diet to see what would work for you, you know, when we were talking about that, it's, it's so interesting. And this is why I think the human body is so fascinating. I just love this stuff because it's, it's, it really does take time to try one thing at a time to be able to identify what it is that contributes to either the solution or something that's holding you back. And, you know, one of the things that we talked about was if you're only eating two or three meals a day and you are trying to, and maybe those meals are very light. So you're really trying to increase your calorie intake. It's not feasible to expect your body or you to be able to double that in a day, you know, to be to immediately be able to go from two meals a day to six meals a day, or from two meals a day that are a couple hundred calories a piece to, you know, where you're doing a total of 2000 calories in a day. And it's, it's one of the things that Sean, you know, you and I talked to, uh, talked a lot about that when you were trying to figure out what worked for you, we talked about doing the six meals a day. And that was a lot for you, right? When you were trying to adjust to it. Yeah, back then that certainly was. Yeah. Now, now it's just a matter of normal routine, right? Right. It's, and I not mean, saying that six days has to be the requirement, right? But this is just something yeah. that was we we were experimenting with as far as your hunger level. Yeah, yeah. Here's what I find difficult, and this is kind of goes to your second pillar, Jenny. Right? Is understanding the science. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of information out there for people to digest, and it's not all good information. And even the so-called experts sometimes get it wrong. I'll give you a great example. My my wife went to the doctor. She was there talking about doing some things to adjust her hormones. Nutrition was a part of that conversation. Now, this is not a nutritionist by trade. This is a general practitioner. My wife's in pretty good shape. 
but she wanted to tone up a little bit more, right? So she was talking about this in the context of weight loss. And his advice to her was to go into a calorie deficit. And he recommended a diet that was about a thousand calories a day, which mm-hmm. was absolutely wrong for what she really wanted to do. Had she followed that advice, you know, my fear was is that it was going to have such a negative impact on the hormones that she was already trying to, I'll, I'll say, improve or or change in in a positive way, right? That just would have been absolutely detrimental to her, both physically and then and mentally, because you're not going to get the result that you're expecting to get. And what does that do, right? That's the first step towards depression in my mind. Oh my yeah. gosh, yes. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, the, the twist on it is that it, it really is a catch-22. And I'm not saying the doctors have an easy task of it because everybody is so – everybody is such an individual case. And the challenge in today's world, you know, we talked about this on some of our other interviews. It's, it is extremely frustrating on both parts, I believe, because a lot of the doctors are feeling the pressure to, to turn around people very quickly. They're turning around appointments very fast. Yeah. And they don't, they don't have the time to give even when they want to give it. And then there's a lot of doctors who, you know, like they're, that's, not, that's not where their heart is, you know. So it, – and it's, it's – frustrating on both ends, I think. And when it comes to how we feel, there are so many pieces that go into it. And Jenny, I know you've experienced this, you know, especially because your expertise is nutrition. When we look at our gut health, when we look at our our gut microbiomes or gut flora, you know, however we want to refer to it, everything centralizes around what goes on in the gut. And it has, and it's not just what we eat. It has to do with our genetics. It has to do with our environment, our stress levels, what medications we're on and how that affects it. And the health of our of our gut has a lot to do with how we digest our food. And so there's so many pieces that go. It's so hard when somebody comes forward and says, what should I eat? And, you know, like I almost want to ask for a dissertation on, on the history. What is what is your, you know, what are you running into? How are you feeling? What you, like almost like tell me everything for the last, you know, whole lifetime that you've had to be able yeah. to properly really assess what's going on with this person because it all contributes. And at the end of the day, if you really look at what is constructed as you, what you take on every single day, is there a lot of stress in your personal life? Is there a lot of things that make you upset? If you're sitting down and eating a meal that has steak in it and you know your gut works like it's supposed to, it's going to break that steak down and it's going to process it like it should unless you happen to be having maybe an argument during dinner and then you start to get that nervous feeling in your stomach. So now your gut is focusing on giving you that nervous feeling and it's excreting these juices because you have emotions that are tied to your gut. And now it's not processing your steak, you know, and it's, and we don't really think of it in those terms, but there's so much that goes into the gut health and how it processes things. And it has everything to do with about 10 million factors so when you're guiding people through this, when you're talking through the nutrition, when you're creating their nutrition plan, how do you assess all these different factors that go into what make up those components of their emotions and their mm-hmm. physical state? Yeah, this is so good. I love all of this. So I think kind of first going back to what Sean was talking about really quick on, we can, we can't expect one person to know everything for everyone. Yeah. So I get so frustrated with, you know, the Western medical system, but you know, they do at the same time, I'm very grateful for different, you know, specific areas that they are expertise in. Even if we look at the internet, right. And we see so many different people talking to us and, you know, some are scientists, some are just, you know, have achieved it from themselves. Like some are doctors, like all these different things. I think we always have to go back to a, one, they're not going to 
like we still don't know everything, right? right. We're still discovering like every year more and more about gut microbiome. So not one person's equipped with all knowing. And the second thing is who are they talking to, right? I make content that's very specific for a specific person that I would not advise what I'm, what I share to someone who has a hundred pounds to lose, right? right? It's a totally different niche and a totally different protocol. So going back to your question, Kim, is first I work with a very specific person. So they are female, typically anywhere from, you know, late twenties or thirties to, you know, mid fifties or even some early sixties. So they're female, they are high achieving ladies, maybe a little type A. So we already know that means high stress and overachieving all or nothing. And so that I'm always coaching through that lens because they are always wanting to do more and do more, do more. And so I know that's their go-to. So kind of reassessing where, where they're at and what, and what the goal is. I also collect blood work from all of my ladies when we get started. Again, going back to the holistic Yes. The holistic picture. I also collect digestive symptoms. I, I think it would be great to have everyone do a GI map, but you know, all of this starts starts adding up and and can open up a can of worms. But I do collect digestive sy- symptoms, cycle symptoms, and then of course, you know, what are what are you currently eating? What is your current routine? And what are your current macros? Even if you know you're just give me a three day average just so I can get your, your baseline. So kind of assessing all of these different things before we get started, but then throughout each week in, in their check-in, I, I tell them like, I'm reading in between the lines, right? right? I see what, like your word choice, right? I can see the tone in it and what that actually means in, in kind of zooming in and then also zooming out and seeing patterns, Hopefully that answers your question, but I totally agree with you that that it needs to be a holistic approach. You know, we started this bit of the conversation with some commentary around trial and error, right? That you have to try different things to figure out what works or what doesn't work for you. That's a very frustrating thing to go through. Not just for me, but I think for many of Kim's clients, and Jenny, I'm going to assume that for many of yours, this is the thing that makes or breaks what happens with a with a client and how long they or how consistent they can be and how long they stick with a program it kind of takes us into the mental health aspect of of what you do how do you work with your clients through the trial and error of figuring out what does and what doesn't work how do you keep them motivated to the next thing where they may see the progress that they're looking for yeah good question so I, I think this goes back to, again, my niche is so specific that I find that people are like, oh my gosh, this is finally like the secret that I've been missing where I'm like, it shouldn't be a secret, but they're like, finally, I find what works for my body. And I'm like, yes, because it's specifically designed for you, the type of person you are, where you're at in your journey. So I find that to be really helpful. But of course, there's going to be things that pop up where someone may have a gut issue right? That they didn't even know that that was connected with how their body composition goals would go, right? And we've got to stop and we've got to dive into that and really focus on that. And there's a bump in the road or hormone issues. We get their blood work back and it's like, hey, actually, we've got to focus on this. You, We cannot put you in a calorie deficit, right? That you're, We're setting yourself up for disaster down the road. So things like that do pop up. And I think going back to that 
that system that I have of, okay, what's the strategy so they can wrap their heads around timelines of what we're executing and, and then what's the science so they can wrap their heads around why are we doing this? And then the routine of like Im- embedding it into their lives. And then I think the last thing is that you, you just have to be persistent as hell. For people who achieve great physique results, it's people who or have that like inner boldness because you've got to keep trying and you got to keep trying and you've got to keep trying. For most people, you are not going to sign up, you know, f- try something when you're, you know, 18, 22, and that's going to be the thing you do for the rest of your life, right? There's always going to be new things. You're always going to want to try more. I had a, this was five years ago. I had a like eye rash on both of my eyes. They were like almost swollen shut it was super painful and it was also embarrassing, right? Like you can, it can show up anywhere without someone commenting on it and thinking about it. It was awful. And I went to 12 different doctors to figure it out. 12. I saw acupuncture. I saw an allergist. I was doing like the shots. I was doing everything. Turns out it was stress related, but that's that's outside of, outside of this conversation. It's even harder um, to diagnose though, isn't it? Yes, yes. Yes. Which, you know, caused other downstream issues, but same thing. It was like, I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to figure this out. And there were so many breakdowns along the way. And I think that's the benefit of having a coach in your corner too, because there will be hard weeks and one, knowing that up front, but then two, when you see those hard weeks in the check-in and having a coach in your corner to normalize it, normalize it, and then kind of revert you back to the strategy and in the game plan of like, yeah, this is just a bump in the road. Something else that I I have too is my program, even though your plan is individualized, it's a group program. And so we're meeting weekly. And so people are hearing these ups and these downs and the successes and the failures and the struggles. And I think that is really, really beneficial to seeing faster progress because you see like, oh yeah, bump and road, this is normal, it's fine, instead of it completely wrecking you and putting you on this downward spiral. That's pretty brilliant, right? Because it's, it, it sends that you're not in this alone message as well. Yeah. Somebody yeah. else has maybe already dealt with what you're dealing with and can help you see a way through. Great way to keep people motivated and consistent. Anybody who plays in this fitness game Everybody that we've spoken to, the common theme is is consistency is going to get you 95% of the way there. That other 5% is something special or supplements or... The challenge, and again, you know, the human body is so clever. I mean, it just adapts to things. We just, we don't even know what's going on half the time that it's doing without us even realizing it. But I think where a lot of the confusion comes in is that even when we find something that works, And we apply that scenario over and over. And then all of a sudden, one day, it doesn't work anymore. And it's the most frustrating thing for people because it took so long to identify what the right thing is. And then all of a sudden, something has changed, whether it's, you know, your body's adapting to something different, your environment is different, your stress levels are different. And and we see this a lot in bodybuilding because, you know, we'll, the way that we prep for a bodybuilding competition is, is once you do it multiple times, you you, you come up with a formula. And then one day what you do every single time works, 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 works. And then all of a sudden it doesn't. And you have to start from ground zero and figure out what's going on. Is it, you know, is it me? Is it the food? Is it, what is it? And there's so many components that contribute. And I think that's what a lot of folks, even who 
get that determination and they stick with it and they run into this brick wall. So, so I'm curious when, when you have that, like, what, what do you turn to, to figure out how do we, do you start from ground zero at that point or, or do you try to work backwards and figure out what's changed? Yeah. So good. So first I love how you said who who's playing this game. My latest podcast was called the game of nutrition. When you think of it as a game, it, it really is. So I, I love that you, you said that. And I think having that view can make it a lot more, a lot more fun. And then going back to what's the first, you know, path when, when something isn't working, I, I go back to kind of reassessing first, first is adherence, right? And of course we, we track that and and I, I question that because again, we're never taught nutrition. So people, even if they get, you know, I got, you know, what I'm supposed to do, they may not, they may be missing a step, yes. right? So just like reviewing like, oh, are we adding in a ton of olive oil that we didn't, weren't tracking, right? And, or just little things that may be missed. Like I but had a normally, coffee, what kind of coffee? The Starbucks coffee with a lot of stuff in it, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're all guilty of that at some point in time. Yes, for yeah. sure. Or, or, you know, picking at the kids' foods or things like that, yeah, that, that get missed. That, that maybe every once in a while, but that's, you know, a, a food audit. And then I think the next step is going back to, if we're talking about, you know, in the building phase, a lot of times we've never been, especially if you're not in the bodybuilding world, yeah. you really don't know like what you're capable of as far as like how heavy you can lift or progressing or tracking weights and all, and all of that. So I have my ladies track track their weights in the, in the gym and then it's on their dashboard. So if they're not building muscle, I'm like, okay, well, we need two things, right? We need to know that you're creating the stimulus to actually build the muscle and then you're eating enough to actually to build that muscle. So we can go to their dashboard and we can see the trends of both of those. And we can see the trends of their calories. We can see the trends of adherence. We can see the trends of, of their training. That's, you know, one thing is checking the data. And then on the calorie deficit side of it is, are we actually in a calorie deficit? And it, we may need to adjust adjust some numbers, but let's look at, you know, what are hunger levels like, you know, go, and kind of go into all these key metrics to, to kind of quantify and, and double check that. So that's kind of the path. But then most of the times I feel like my ladies are resourceful, they're, they're smart. So I feel like that, that stuff gets checked off pretty quickly. And if someone is really struggling, that's when I go back to the blood work. Okay. Is, you know, what's insulin doing? Yeah. What are sex hormones doing? You know, is there anything we miss in the digestion and really dig into to that way or to those paths? But I really find that when someone in this scenario is like, oh, I'm doing the same things and now it's not working. I find that that's kind of when they, they come to me because they've never had the awareness or the education around how hormones shift or how your metabolism changes when you constantly do the same thing and you're constantly in the calorie deficit or you're constantly eating 1200 calories. So I find that when they come to me, that's maybe where they're at and they've never been taught any of this. So then that's where I really emphasize the education. So that way they can wrap their head around, oh, this makes sense now. Like, of course I wasn't seeing progress because I was in at 1200 calories for three years. They, they wrap their head around. I'll just give one more quick example too. I had someone this past week who their dog got, I know you guys both have animals, so you might appreciate this. Her dog had surgery, unexpected surgery. And before that surgery, she was walking him three to five miles every day. It was like their, 
joy time. They would maybe do a hike together every single day. And she is panicking because she's like, I now have to take care of him. Sure, I can maybe get a short walk in, but I've got to take care of him. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get in these three to five miles a day and these three to five mile hikes. Like, you know, my physique is gonna go to shit. And I just broke down the math of, well, how much were you burning on that hike? Right. Let's just uh, take that and then adjust it to what you're now currently going to be doing. And then you were already in, you, we were already trying to consistently work you up to eat enough and you hadn't reached there yet. Based on this math, you actually probably still aren't eating enough. We still probably might want to bump you up just a little to just get to, to get to even. And just breaking down the math for her, she was like, thank you so much. Yep. I can relax now. I can calm down. Like this makes sense. We're just never taught this. Going back to the game of nutrition, we're playing this game of nutrition and we've never been taught the rules. We've, we've never been taught it outside of mass media, right? Throwing stuff at it that it's not formalized. It's not specific to us. And so we're playing this game without any of the rules. That's a fantastic point. There is very little in the way of education around what you should or shouldn't be doing. Like these are things that really should be taught in middle school or in high school in a, at a formative age. Yeah. You know, when you really start to start to think about it, most people are, aren't going to learn about this unless they take the initiative on their own or they turn to an expert. Great for our industry, bad for for most people. And you know, the reality is is that if you're following government produced guidelines for nutrition, you're not going to achieve any reasonably fit result. There's a whole nother conversation to be had around that. But we, since you brought it up, Sean, <laughs> if you're open to it, it's actually a really good topic of conversation. And it, we don't have to get into obviously the politics of anything, but the quality of our food is definitely something that is impacted by, you know, today's society and how things are going. And we've talked about this with some of the other athletes and coaches that we've interviewed and what a huge concern it is, even from some of the athletes that we talk to who are at an Olympic level and the concern that they have when they visit other countries and the different quality of food in different places that they go. And we deal with a lot of it here in the United States, even more so because our quality standards are so different than most of the other countries. It is something that has an impact on our diet and our gut health and our overall, probably our overall mental health as well, because a lot of the foods that we have are not organic. You know, everything does have a certain amount of hormones pumped into it, and it does have an impact on our cycles as females and as, as the men experience it with hormones. And we have, we see a, a, right now a huge abundance of lack of testosterone on both both genders, you know, so there's there's obviously a big impact on what kind of food that we should intake yeah. and the quality yeah. of that food, you know, so I, I'm, and I think that's one of the biggest struggles for me personally, just because I've, I've moved so much more towards anti-plastic as much as you can in today's world and in, in holistic eating and what that looks like almost to the point where I'm, I'm almost considering homesteading, you know, to some extent, just because you have some control over some of the food that you, that you get. So I'm curious, go ahead, Sean, you were going to say something. Yeah. You're hitting on something that I, I talked with Zane Griggs about in one of our more recent episodes, and that is the, the value of eating whole foods. The other thing that stands out for me is, is we live in a convenient society. People are going to default to whatever is easiest. And in a lot of cases, supplements are 
what's easiest, right? This is maybe protein powders or, you know, other things that are quick fix. And if you're not careful, you, you know, what, what you'll end up ingesting through some of these things is actually not healthy for you because these manufacturers don't have to divulge what is in their proprietary special blend. I'm definitely not, you know, a, a anti-establishment or, you know, anti-manufactured food person by any means. But as I've gone down this journey for myself, it's really stood out for me that you have to be aware and take the time to make yourself aware of the ingredients that you're ingesting because they are going to have an impact on everything. For, for me as a male, right, the number one thing I'm looking out for is testosterone. How's it, how is this going to impact me? Right? I'm getting old. I'm, I'm going to hit 50 this year. So definitely not a spring chicken. So I got to be a little bit more aware. Jenny, let me turn this back around into a question for you. Educating people on nutrition is very clearly a passion for you. For anyone who might be listening to this who is starting their journey, understanding what is a whole food, how to put together a very basic, healthy shopping list. What are some things to keep on that list? What are some things to avoid? Right? I know this is very generic information and you want to be more specific, but I think there's a call or a need to kind of reiterate that you know there are some very easy ways to eat healthy and quite frankly, a lot cheaper than the convenience fast food that's available in most places around the world. Yeah. The point you guys were, were making, like in the United States, we are fighting uphill battle. Right. If if you want to build your shape, be healthy, you are fighting an uphill battle. I truly believe that at this time, nutrition has to be some form of a hobby for you, or you will have negative consequences in terms of weight gain that you you don't want, extra body fat you don't want, or gut hormone health issues that can just get exacerbated down the road. So just to to that point, I truly believe that it has to be somewhat of a, of a hobby for, for most people in order to live like a fully thriving life. So on that note, getting started with eating real foods. Let's start there. And so I call it the whole foods scale because I totally understand that people have taste buds I do too. I enjoy all different kinds of food. So the way I think about it is, and I'll, I have a visual, but I'm going to explain it to everyone's listening. So if on one side you have real food, so that's you have like pulled from the trees, pulled from the ground, fresh meat, fresh fish, fruits, vegetable, that is like whole real foods. So then on the other end of the spectrum, you have sugar. <laughs> In between the two, it's like a sliding scale. So if you take that whole foods and let's say you take potatoes, right? And you slide the scale down the processed chain about if you get 10% away and you keep sliding from the whole foods, the manufacturer is going to be like removing nutrients, right? So it's removing nutrients. And then there's some potato chips that are like that, right? They're just potatoes, but maybe some nutrients have been removed. You keep sliding that down the scale, then you're going to start adding things, right? Vegetable oil in those potato chips. And if you keep sliding down the scale, then you're adding additives and food coloring, and then you're adding 
sugar and then eventually you're removing any of the potato and then you just have potato, you know, cocoa crisp chips and it's really just, you know, 99% sugar. (laughs) Thinking of it that way, I like to say people, tell people like get 80 to 90% of those whole real foods, which is generally going to be on the perimeter of the, the grocery store in the in the fresh section spend the extra dollar to have it chopped up if that's like a, a problem or something that holds you back it for sure did for me because getting home and having to chop everything was a like a barrier for me to do that so spending that extra dollar was definitely worth it to to get that having whole real foods 89% of the time. And if you're, if you're mind ladies and you are tracking macros, you can check that. You can do the math, right? You can click on all of the foods and you can actually do the math and quantify that 80 to 90%. But then that, that 10 to 20% is when I, when I go in that sliding away from the whole foods, right? Where I have foods that are, that's the topping, maybe the sauces, that's my, my siete tortilla chips, I, I am still enjoying all these different foods, which I feel like in today's world, you have to look for it, but there are alternatives for all these different, like quote unquote, bad foods that they're out there. There are healthier alternatives that are closer to the end of that whole foods scale. So that's where, you know, get 10 to 20% of there. even desserts. They have so many options. They're called Evolve Cups instead of Reese's Pieces, right? But the Evolve Cups have fiber in them and they're all from real foods that is like my my whole spiel on whole foods <laughs> <laughs> that's that's actually an, an analogy i hadn't heard right the sliding scale right but it makes yeah. absolute sense the further away you get from what is the traditional out of the ground out of the tree food right the more processed it becomes the more additives the worse it is for you from a health perspective i like that i'm, I'm gonna steal that yeah do it spread the word <laughs> So Jenny, you've, you've mentioned it a few times, but you actually have a podcast called Create Your Shape. And you have, I think, well over 100 episodes published now. You've been doing this for quite a while. Why don't you give folks just a little taste of kind of what you tend to talk about on your podcast and how they can find it? I really, anything that would help the that go-getter female type A lady who is lifting weights to help them build muscle, decrease body fat, understand it, be educated with how it actually works in their bodies and in with food and to apply that, right? Create that nutrition routine that runs on autopilot. Everything that falls under that umbrella is what we talk about on the Create Your Shape podcast. It's very short and punchy. It's They're usually 10 to 20 minutes long. The idea is that you take it with your on, on your walk with you and get the information. And then I have client interviews too, where we go through so you can get actual like case studies of very specific things that we're applying. And then I also have guests on too, who can help you along this journey with an other, you know, expertise. So those are all the things that we talk about on the podcast. And it is called Create Your Shape with Jenny, the nutritionist. I've got you bookmarked uh, a few episodes that I want to check out. So I'll definitely let you know, leave a couple of good reviews. Appreciate it. <laughs> this has been a great conversation. I, and, you know, I think there's so much more that we can get into around nutrition. 
we'll have to revisit this, you know, again down the road and maybe even bring on one of your clients to talk about, you know, kind of their successes. I think it's fantastic because in my view, nutrition is more than 50% of, of what you do on a fitness journey. It, you can't achieve your fitness goal without the nutrition portion. So I, I give it more weight. And I think I give it more weight too, Kim, because I still tend to struggle with it a bit. But you, I mean, you, you, you've come a long way though. You know, you've really have learned a ton about oh, it. Yeah. Yeah. I become more and more curious with every conversation we have with people who live and breathe this and and have credentials in this space. And so getting to that point, right, really enjoyed having you here. I think it's been a fantastic discussion. You know, thank yeah. you for giving us a little bit of your time and bringing your expertise to, to bear. Um, thank really you so enjoyed. much for having me. I appreciate that. And Kim, to your point, like this is hard. Nutrition is hard. There's a reason, you know, 1% of people in the States like achieve such great success with it. It is really hard. And so kudos to you and to everyone out there who's, who's putting this in this effort to, to learn it and to achieve what they want to achieve. I also like to say too, which you, you, Sean, you might feel this on your journey. Like it's hard, but it's probably not as hard as you're making it be. And maybe at the beginning, like if you looked back, at the beginning of your journey that you might feel like, oh, wait a minute, I was doing that, which actually I was making that way harder. I don't know if you feel that way at all. Or you see that I, with your clients, Ken. Oh, I, I certainly do feel that way, right? So, you know, for me, fitness was always part of my school age routine, right? Playing sports and you always had to work out for your sport and stuff like that. I let it go in my, in my mid-20s and I didn't pick it up again until my mid-30s. In that 10 years kind of in between, things got pretty bad right? Pretty sedentary. But since I've picked it back up, I realized in the last 10 years, since I've been back into, into fitness pretty regularly, I have made this extremely difficult on myself because I wasn't paying close enough attention to the nutrition piece. I've always eaten fairly healthy, yeah. but I got a sweet tooth like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> and I have enablers all around me. <laughs> those enablers, those little enablers. Swear to fat, yep. I bet you too, do you wish that you had all this nutrition knowledge when you were playing sports? Like I think about the kids now and, and like my, my ladies, their kids that who are like yes. learning how to be well-fueled for their sports. I'm like, man, if I had this back in yep. the day. And he's, yep. and Sean has, you know, Sean has kids that he is, you know, and I think that's been a big driver for you is that you're, you're wanting to create, you know, something, a role model for them to be able to see what it can do in a positive aspect. Absolutely. And, you know, we've even gone so far, you know, a couple of the teenagers have worked with Kim specifically on nutrition planning and, you know, workout programs to, you know, achieve results. And they've started to understand how important this is, not just to achieve the way, you know, your physical aspirations, but, you know, how it affects you mentally, how it affects you internally and so forth. It's been very eye-opening. All the more reason why I think this should be part of a curriculum in our school systems. Yeah. Yeah, totally, totally yeah. agree. Over, I know we have to wrap up, but I can talk about this all day. <laughs> Overall mission you is <laughs> to change my lady's lives by by understanding the science of it, right? And obviously creating results from that. But then that trickles down to their kids. It trickles down to their their friends, their environment, and then the, the decisions they make in terms of where they're purchasing, what they want their, you know, kids learn, what they think people should learn. And then it just expands and it grows for everyone. And then our whole curriculum changes, the options we have from food changes. So 
totally, totally agree with everything you're saying. Yeah. Well, let's leave it there for tonight, and we'll we'll make a plan to pick this back up because I think there's a lot more discussion to be had. Well, thank you so much for having me. I I really appreciate this conversation and what you guys are doing. And we and appreciate your expertise. Yeah. yeah, it was great. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Jenny, the nutritionist is my Instagram handle. So you can find me there. I put out tons of stuff every day. And then my podcast is Create Your Shape with Jenny, the nutritionist. And then my website where you can learn more about Create Your Shape, my program is jennythenutritionist.com slash create dash your dash shape. Fantastic. Perfect. Well, join us again next time for the Inspired Fitness Podcast. Until then, we wish you a healthy mind, a healthy body, and healthy habits. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Inspired Fitness, leading you to a healthy mind, healthy body, and healthy habits. To stay inspired, visit us at inspiredfitness.net. That's I-N-S-P-I-R-D dot net. Until next time, stay inspired.